This is Connected by Nutrition, a podcast brought to you by Nutrition Ireland and designed for healthcare professionals only. Hey, I'm Birdie Thompson, and this is the Connected by Nutrition podcast. I'm with Nutrition, based here in Dublin, Ireland, and we're bringing you something a little different and connecting you with a dietitian on the other side of the world today. As we're recording this, the sun is currently going down here in Dublin. And our guest today couldn't be more further away if we tried, with the sun currently rising for her as we speak. Hopefully she's awake. In this episode, we're bringing you dietitian insights into a Kiwi's practice. I'm going to cross over now to our guest and let her introduce herself. Kia ora, Katie. Thanks for being up at the crack of dawn for us today in New Zealand. Kia ora, Brody. My name is Katie Pearson and I'm a New Zealand registered dietitian based here in Rotorua, New Zealand. As part of the dietetics degree in New Zealand, I have a master's degree. Dietetic training here in New Zealand has to be a master's degree or higher with no undergraduate study. Wow. Um, Thanks for your wonderful intro there, Katie, and welcome to the podcast. Like Ireland, New Zealand is known for its natural beauty. As much as we'd love to come and visit you there, it's not currently possible. But lucky for us, we've got you to describe it for us so our listeners can paint a bit of a picture in their heads. And especially different... The town has a bit of a smell, which I'm sure you can tell us about too. Yeah, Rotorua is renowned for its thermal area. We have lots of geysers, mud pools, and because of that, we have a fantastic smell of what some people suggest is rotten eggs, uh, but it's just the thermal. We also are known for having 20-odd lakes in the area, plus mountains, huge mountain bike hub, which is world-class, and also in our district is Mount Ropehu, which is the lar- uh, the largest mountain in the North Island. Wow, the landscape is so truly diverse. And even though I grew up in New Zealand, but in the South Island, it still makes me feel a little homesick hearing about New Zealand. So when it comes to work, Katie, how large is the area that you cover? So our district covers from just above Rotorua to two hours south to a town called Turangi, which is at the base of Mount Ropehu. We also cover 45 minutes to the east, and 45 minutes to the west. So the total area is about 10,000 kilometres, and that has just over 100,000 people for its population. Uh, Rotorua Hospital, which is our main hospital here in the district, is 180 beds, and we have 2.7 dietitians in the hospital covering ward and outpatient work. We also have one diabetes dietitian and no community dietitians. The smaller hospital, Topol, which is an hour south from us and about 13 beds, they have a full-time dietitian who works in the uh, primary healthcare sector doing chronic health conditions. Quite the distance, Katie, that you cover there. And just to put that in perspective for our Irish listeners listening, um, a two-hour drive would be like going from Dublin to Belfast, so it's quite the distance. Can you tell us about the population that falls within this area? So the population in our area is quite poorly. We have really high rates of poverty in the area as well as large number of elderly. And Rotorua being the cultural hub for Māori, which are the indigenous people of New Zealand, means that we have a, a large number of them as well. And sadly, over the years, there's been a lot of inequality with Māori population. And as a result, they have higher rates of diabetes, um, heart disease, chronic wounds, um, and general poor health. 
we also seem to have a very high number of oncology patients in the area. So it's a, a really sick population um, with not a lot of support in terms of money and, and healthcare. The types of patients and clients that you see sound so varied. I just wanted to go back to the above point that we were talking about before as well in regards to hospitals across the North Island and resourcing and funding. Um, is this location reflective of other hospitals in the area? No. So uh, an hour and a half north of us is Waikato Hospital, which is one of the largest hospitals in, um, in the North Island. And, and they have a, a lot of funding, a lot of dietitians, and um, are kind of our, our main support with health. So we are quite under-resourced for New Zealand, um, both dietetically and, and health-wise. So as I said there before, the, the types of patients and clients are varied. How do you even find time to see everyone? Do you want to give us a run through what a typical week would be like for you? Yeah. So our, we're obviously quite underfunded on the wards and, and in town. Um, we do hold clinics throughout the week, but wait times for these can be up to four months. Uh, we're currently booked out until the end of March. I also run a private clinic who in the in the Rotary area, which is booked out until about March as well. So we have quite large um, wait times, but a typical day would, a typical week would look like Monday, full day in the hospital doing ward work, um, mostly strokes or surgical patients, um, older persons rehabilitation. Tuesday, I go to Topo, so an hour south of Rotorua and hold a clinic, which is 90% oncology. Wednesday, I will do ward work in the morning and then hold an outpatient clinic in the afternoon, which is mostly post-surgical patients or those rehabilitation, those stroke patients after they've been discharged from hospital. Thursday morning is ward work and then I go to QE Health, which is a private hospital, and do chronic conditions, weight loss, weight gain, uh, general healthy eating advice. And then on Fridays, I hold a clinic for high-performance sports, focusing on endurance sports like Ironman and ultramarathon running, which is really common in New Zealand. Katie, that's so many different patient types, and especially across the town and rural setting too. So with such limited resource, how do you prioritise who to see first? So we do have screening and triaging processes that help us identify which patients need to be seen first. Um, we focus on EN and PN, and they'll be our number one priority. Anyone else will be bumped off after that. We also have a menu that helps save us workload um, on the ward. So we have a high-engine, high-protein menu that nurses can put any patient on, and they receive the, an oral nutrition, uh, an ONS at each meal, um, and then they will have that discontinued when they go home. But it just avoids malnutrition on the ward and saves us having to go and do a full high-engine, high-protein education when we could have time for other things. We also have all our general education, our high cholesterol, our weight management, anything like that will get bumped out to outpatient clinics. Okay. Sounds like you've got a friend in the background there that has some, some input that they want to make too. Who's, who's that in the background? Yeah, sorry about that. That is my dog, Tihi Otawa. Um, his name means the top of Mount Tawa, which is one of the hills in Rotorua. And he is just realising that I'm still home. <laughs> <laughs> I think he wants to have his say. 
Yeah. What would it be like for a patient who requires extra services in an area with such limited funding? Like I'm thinking here, uh, tube feeding. What happens if tubes get blocked or dislodged? Is there a service that the patients can access? So there isn't a service that they can access. We actually try not send people home on tube feeds because we don't have the support for them. So if someone needs to be tube fed, we tend to send them to a rest home just because it's too high risk them going home without a dietitian in the community to support them. It's so fascinating to get these insights, Katie. And what about patients who require long-term or lifelong um, tube feeding? Um, so depending on the patient, if they're a child, they'll be managed by Starship, which is our children's hospital based in Auckland, so three hours north of us, and they'll be managed by distance. Um, if they're elderly, they have to go into a rest home, and other patients it will be on a case-by-case basis whether or not we feel comfortable sending them home just because they're so high risk. Wow, okay. Um I'm sure our listeners will be able to draw on so many similarities and differences from your practice that you've explained with us today. And what's particularly interesting is the variation of services available to patients across New Zealand's North Island. Um, As we've done in previous episodes, I have a quick fire round for you now, but we're keeping it quick with just the one question. Can you tell us, Katie, what is a highlight from your practice? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I think the highlight from my practice would be working in my sports nutrition field, doing nutrition for uh, a club called Sweet Seven, which is run by world champion triathlete um, Samantha Warriner, and being able to work for her, who was my idol growing up as a triathlete um, back in the day. So that's been really cool to do their sports nutrition. That sounds really awesome. I get the feeling you love to work hard and play hard. You mentioned earlier about amazing locations that you have nearby for sports and in particular the mountain biking. It definitely sounds like a highlight out of work. I've heard about your charity that promotes women getting into such a male-dominated sport. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so I founded a women's ride group called the Mud Maidens and we focus on getting women into mountain biking and pushing the boundaries from um, grade two which is beginner riding to grade five Uh, we host events club rides or group rides um, and weekends away and any money that we make goes straight back to either the trails trust who build the trails in in Rotorua or to the first response unit who are a um, company that pick us up on the trails if we've injured ourselves and help get us to hospital instead of using the ambulances that's really cool. I love the sound of that. And I think if I was um, there with you, I'd definitely be taking part in Mud Maidens as well. Thanks so much for rolling out of bed to be with us today, Katie. Not as hard as I'm imagining as we're in the middle of winter here and you're actually in the height of summer. But still, we appreciate you fitting us into that busy week of yours. It's so great to gain so many insights from you as well. And for our listeners who want to find out more, where can they find you on Instagram? So they can find me at either at Feed Your Fuel or at Katie Pearson, which are my private and dietetic Instagram handles. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for tuning into today's episode. It was great to have you on the show, Katie, and look forward to talking to you again, hopefully soon. We'll see you later. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. This is Connected by Nutrition, a podcast brought to you by Nutrition Ireland 
and designed for healthcare professionals only.